Ok. Verstappen clinches the championship. The McLarens continue to shine. And was this one of the most physically demanding races in F1 history? This is the Qatar Grand Prix post-race edition. This is Into the Chicane, a Formula One podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Channing Apodaca. I'm Brandon Wood. My mic is... I think it's just the cable just clipping a little bit. No. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. This is the post-Qatar Grand Prix edition. Um, Goddamn, what a weekend. It was fun, you know. It was a good one. I wasn't anticipating a whole lot. Kind of figured Max would clinch the championship, and he did. That was obvious. But there was so much else going on this weekend that it still, it still felt fun. It still felt interesting. I think it was a funny thing because Max wins the world championship, and they did the right thing by putting all of the media attention on that. Like that's what you have to do. Yeah, you have somebody who won the championship despite the fact that he got what? Did he finish second or third in the sprint? Second, I think. I got it right here. Did he split the McLarens? Yeah. Yeah. So he fin- he doesn't win the race, but all the media attention goes to him. But it was almost like a thing where it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We knew that was going to happen. It happened on, you know, like lap 11 or some mm-hmm. shit. We knew that was going to happen. And yeah, it well, happened mid-race. As soon as, as, as Checo uh, DNFs. Yeah, as soon as Checo DNFs, Max wins the championship. If he finishes, which we knew he was going to. But it was like, let's focus on some other shit. Can we get a camera on Oscar Piastri? Can we see how Lando Norris feels about all this? You yeah. know, about his teammate beating him. Yeah, or, or getting the first win before yeah. him, even yeah. win quotation marks. Yeah, asterisk. Yeah, it is still a victory in F one. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to get into that yet, but there was a lot of a lot of hay made about Oscars getting a race win before mm-hmm. uh, Orlando. Before Orlando, but I do have kind of a little bit of a problem of people calling this a technically. Yes, it is a race. It's a sprint race, but mm-hmm. it's not a Grand Prix victory. Yeah, though. and that's and that's. Going into when we started doing these sprints, that's what I kind of, you know, I, that was one of my questions is like, how are people going to treat these? Is it going to be seen as a actual win? Is it, I know, I understand it's, a, it's now a separate category, but can we really, you know, I don't think we, it? yeah, we so don't qualify it as a, an F1 win. It is, it's a sprint victory. It's a, yeah. Which I think you could, you could say it's like a third of a win. Yeah, or yeah, maybe even half if you want to be generous. But yeah, yeah. So you know, not not that I want to take anything away from uh, Oscar or anything like that, but I think people need to calm down a little bit. With he did uh, a great job. He did a great job. I think other than the victory in, I guess we'll we'll jump into the McLaren shit a little too early, but other than the sprint victory, I think, and despite he did finish ahead of Lando, I think Lando had a better weekend, like it. I know that sounds like counterintuitive. Oscar had on paper the better weekend, but I thought Lando looked better. Aside from his one shunt on his last lap in qualifying, I think Lando was at least outpacing him. Yeah, I mean, pace wise, I'm not sure because I haven't gone through and like done that. We can probably pull it up, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, those couple little mistakes earlier on the mm-hmm. weekend, uh, like in qualifying, uh, set him back. Obviously, starting. From tenth in the race uh, was quite a challenge, but for him to to pull off podium from that, with all of the challenges that were there, kind of got helped out a little bit with some of the circumstances of the Ferraris and the <clears throat> Mercedes and stuff. Yeah. But but to to pull it through, uh, 
to get the team a double places. Yeah, to get the team a double podium this yeah. weekend uh, and make up a bunch of points on the Astons, on the Ferrari, on Mercedes. It's, it's huge. Here's the thing too: like Oscar had a really, really great weekend. Mm-hmm. He because he started six. Neither one sure. of them had the best qualifying that they could have had. They both kind of mucked that. Lando got the worst end of it, but Oscar finished or he started sixth, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, and get, and placed second in the Grand Prix. Yeah. So that's a solid weekend from him, but I do think Lando had the better racing. And maybe I'm being biased, but I think when we get more into their whole battle, which I, fuck it, we'll get into it now. So what was it? Well, no, there's so much other shit we have to cover because we have to get into. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Like, this weekend, we have to there get was into, a lot. There was a lot. There's so much to go over, like with the weekend structure, the three-stop uh, um, FIA ruling that they laid out. So let's let's circle back to the McLaren shit because that's going to come towards the end of the race. But I think to start out with um, Qatar in general, I want to say I forgot how good of a race this can be because mm-hmm. this is only the second or third. Second. This is the second time we've ever seen this. We didn't see it last year. Yeah. Because it was uh, it was a filler in 2001. And then this year they signed a 10-year agreement. I, for one, after watching this weekend, was like, fuck yeah, dude. This was fun mm-hmm. overall. Like not not just because of like the whirlwind of shit and the new regulations that they threw out just as a test for this weekend, but it was good racing. Mm-hmm. All in all, like the track proved to be very conducive to just good Formula 1 racing. Yeah, and and like you said the the 18 lap stint uh maximum for that that was issued to all the drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that definitely helped create the circumstances that we saw. It did everywhere. because it gave them leeway to go flat out. Yeah, the everywhere they wanted. Yeah, it was described as just every lap being a quality lap. Right. Much, yeah. um, which I have a little bit of issue with because it does kind of take away from, uh, you know, being able to admire somebody's ability to conserve their tires. Mm. Like it takes away a big important skill in F1 that only certain drivers can do well. well, Yeah, the tire strategy part of it, you know, that's definitely went away. But it also forced people to use like a compound that you would never use towards the end of the race. Like you would never use hards with 18 laps left. Yeah, people were forced to just use what they had. Exactly. So it made shit interesting. But overall, like... uh, I was really happy with this race. I'm glad that they just signed a 10-year agreement Mm -hmm. to keep it in, but I don't think the drivers are going to be happy. I don't know how they're going to feel about it. I'm sure they had fun, but it was also, like I said up top, it was, it's already going down as one of the most physically demanding races of all time. Yeah, and and that is mostly because of the heat. Uh, It was very humid over the weekend as well, which didn't help. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, uh, when they came here, it was later, it was more, was it still in October or was it in November? I don't it remember November? exactly when it was. Um, it was later in the year last year. Uh, so the the suggested uh, time frame for this race to happen would be, in moving forward, would be either earlier in the spring uh, towards the beginning of the season or later, like maybe t- one of the last yeah. rounds. I was, I was actually like looking at the map before you came and I just thinking about how much I love this race and don't want it to get flack from the drivers and, you know, forcing them to take it off or anything. Mm -hmm. They need to move it up to the front when they're doing Abu Dhabi, Bahrain, or not Abu Dhabi, when they're doing um, Bahrain and Saudi, I think, go together, right? Yeah. Up at the top. Yeah. It's got to be in that area because it almost doesn't make sense. I can kind of see where logistically they threw it right where it is, but, like, to go from Singapore to Japan to Bahrain 
is weird because you can take a plane from Japan over the Pacific and land in North America mm. where we're coming next, right? Yeah. But then to go from Japan to Bahrain to North America, is it's a little bit of a logistics nightmare. So I think it would better them in the future to uh, just kind of chunk everything in. But I don't, I don't make the scheduling. Yeah, and it's tough. You know, they have to deal with scheduling uh, all of the events all around the world and making sure that that all matches up uh, together, you know, and yeah. working in a way that actually makes sense. And I know uh, moving forward, they want to create a schedule that is more efficient logistically in order to help uh, bring down some of their, you know, emissions overhead and all that kind of, it's in an effort to kind of make uh, Formula One more green. I think um, there is definitely is a way, like you said, uh, putting this race next to even later, uh, you know, if you go to, when they go to Abu Dhabi or something like that, mm-hmm. just making it, you know, on uh, one of the further ends of the schedule, just so that we get a little bit better, better weather for everybody. Um, a lot of the drivers complaining, saying this is like the toughest race they've ever done. Yeah. Fernando Alonso, on the other hand, uh, one of the more veteran, the most veteran driver there was kind of like, Oh, this is just kind of reminds me of back of Malaysia 2008 or whatever. So, I mean, if you've already been through it, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to say that shit. But if this is your first time experiencing something like that, also Fernando's saying like, oh yeah, this was just like Malaysia 2008. Back in my day, yeah. That's a back in my day type thing, yeah. And then he was the one complaining that his seat felt like a volcano and he was asking for the team to throw water on him and they were like, we can't do that. (laughs) We literally, that's against the rules. Yeah. It would also just probably borderline boil. They were saying that they're, Cockpits were getting up to 140 degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. What do you th- what do you think hot of people like Martin Brundle and, and Will Buxton saying that drivers just need to like to toughen up and this is just a part of racing? Um, God, that's like it's one of those things. It's like yeah, I want to continue to see this race and I like seeing tough races, but to what end? Yeah, I mean Lance Stroll says he passed out multiple times. Yeah, I don't know about you that. Know, Esteban Ocon threw, he threw up, up in his helmet. I tried to find it. I tried to go to the bird's eye view. Yeah. The, the, not the helmet cam, but like, you know, yeah. whatever their cockpit camera is. And I was scrolling through it and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I, I believe that he puked in his helmet. He said lap 15. So I watched the entire thing. He said by lap 15. I watched 14 to 15. He said by lap 15, I had already puked in my helmet. So I don't know. But yeah, Lance Stroll said he was passing out, which is wild if true. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Logan, Logan quit quit the race early, and and I've I had seen a thing before where he apparently doesn't drink water during the race. That's like a thing. Like he just doesn't. Is it that he doesn't even have the tube, or he does doesn't drink it? I I don't think he just. I think he just doesn't drink it. Yeah, because I saw him rip his helmet off, and the tube came out. Yeah, he. I'm sure he has it there. Like they probably make him have it, but he doesn't drink, and I think that could have contributed a little bit. And the team did say earlier in the week he had flu-like symptoms that which were not previously reported. So yeah, Dude, it was his, a very surprising to just be, especially because like when he went out, that was kind of the first time on the broadcast that that the heat. I mean, they, they kind of talked about it being. They hot, talked but, about how hot it, it wasn't was. really like. Yeah. Ev- there was no evidence that the drivers were truly being affected by it. Like Fernando had his thing with the seat, but then that was like okay, maybe it's just like a mechanical thing that's not right, but. That when Logan's like, yeah, I don't even think I can finish. It's like, okay, wait, something's going on here. Yeah, it was um, it was nuts, that whole radio call that they were doing because it went on for like five laps or so. 
Yeah, he was like, yeah, I don't know. I like, don't know. I don't feel, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish like, this. they're like, just, it's fine. Like, if you need to come in, just come in. And then he's just like, ah, I'm sorry. Like, he was like so fr- You know, he wanted to stay out there. Yeah. And I think maybe he was sick a little bit going into the race, but he, in his position, he, he was, was pleading like, with James Valls being like, I, I can do this. I know I can do it. And they were like, dude, just give it up. Yeah. But, you know, in his position, it's like, even if you do go into the race like a little sick, maybe not feeling 100%, you were like... I need to go out there and do a good job because if I, if I just don't, if I just say, Oh, sorry, I can't do it. Yeah. That could be the last time, Here's you know, the, yeah. you get a chance to be in the car. I, I do think his last time was the day before his last. Oh, when he binned it. Yeah. He, that was, I, I literally cannot tell you how many times he has lost control of that car on his own. Yeah. It's rough. He might have beat out Nick Latifi. And we've talked about this before. He's a lot faster than Nick Latifi. Yeah. So you can forgive that because he's at least not getting lapped consistently the way Latifi was. But he might have lost control of that car on his own. I wrote this down in my notes being like, we can no longer forgive Logan for being a rookie. Be, yeah. saying the, and, and it hurts. I wanted him to be so good or at least just be so decent. Yeah. And he he has not been. Yeah, but, but you're we, you're around 17, buddy, like. Yeah. We that. we can't justify the the oh, he's a rookie argument anymore because we have another rookie who just won the fucking sprint race. Yeah, and then you got another one who's come in and and just blown everybody away. Yeah. Yeah. In a shit box that I think is worse than the Williams. Yeah. You could argue that. So yeah, I think uh, I think his last hurrah was was the day before. To to step back a little bit, uh, qualifying, uh, we saw um, a lot of uh, drivers again uh, struggling with track limits. Um, it was another big oh, story. Oh fuck! Weekend. I forgot about track limits all weekend. Yeah, all weekend um, ended up being a kind of a big factor in the race too. Um, some of the other uh, problems. Um, with the tires were from just track related stuff with like the curbs, the new curbs, yeah. the new track resurfacing. That's one um, thing too that we should mention about uh, like the strenuous nature of this race was with the three stop strategy mm-hmm. because it gave drivers the runway to go flat out on every lap. That made it even harder on their bodies because they were going yeah, yeah. so much harder physically knowing that they didn't have the limits of having to conserve their tires. Yeah, And that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but they could not do that like if it's that hard of a race. But it's like, well, if I know the guy next to me is going that hard, well, yeah, I have it. to go that hard. If you give them an inch, they'll take a mile type of thing, you know, 100%. with how far they're going to push themselves. Yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, not a great qualifying for Lance Stroll. What? Uh, he goes out in Q1, and then um, he's seen throwing his steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Big story on the weekend. And then after he's gotten out of the car uh, – He's seen his his personal trainer points towards the front of the garage, signaling to him that he needs to get weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Lance kind of just walks past him or walks through him, and then he's trying to like kind of stop Lance. Lance pushes him, and then he just continues going back and thing. And this made a lot of people upset. Yeah, uh, obviously not very professional to go and like physically push somebody you work with. Yeah. Uh, you know, tensions are high. Uh, He's Lance pushing somebody whose sole job is to make sure that Lance is at top. Is good. doing everything he's, he's doing. Like he's like Lance's doing personal assistant. He's his his physical monitor. He's 
It's his quote unquote boy too. So, well, maybe they have made amends because they're close. But yeah, not cool. This was one of the biggest stories of the entire weekend was yeah. uh, the crumbling of Lance Stroll and the continued crumbling. Yeah, say, yeah. But it is making headline news now. Mm-hmm. Like you have broadcast media and big pundits in F1 talking about this being Lance Stroll's last season. Yeah, and then his media performance afterwards, uh, you know, getting asked He's, questions, yeah. very simple questions, and him just giving very Can simple. Can you sum up your, your qualifying? Shit. Yeah, you know, when you, when you start acting like that, people, people aren't going to take it too great. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're going to think that, especially when you're in the situation Lance is in, they're just going to think you're acting like a petulant child. Yeah. So you kind of need to handle those situations with some more grace. I understand mm-hmm. you're in a tough spot right now. You're getting you're getting schooled. He's... You're getting schooled by the the bull, uh, Fernando. But uh, you gotta you gotta keep it cool, man. And you know it, it's it's good to show passion and to to show that you really want it. But you know you can't. There's a better way to go about yeah, exactly. it though than yeah. being pouty. Exactly. And that's this. That's how he looks. Like, if he was just showing anger, it would be one thing. But to like be like physically sh- pushing people off, and then metaphorically kind of just pushing off the media, you know, fucking shit. Yeah. I'll just keep going. Like it. That's how it comes off. It just yeah. It comes off like fucking crybaby. Yeah, and you're trying to make your case to stay there. I don't think he it's is. Not, it's not. I don't think he's making any sort of a case. I think he's just showing frustration. Yeah. Yeah. So. Here's not, the thing, though. A lot of voices in F1 are saying it. Major F1 media is saying it. We've been saying it for two months. This is the end of Lance Stroll. We've yeah. been. We've had our fucking fingers right here. We were the first ones saying it. God damn, this mic is popping. Need a new cable. Yeah. Um, but Yeah. So not great for Lance, but uh, also not a great finish for him in the sprint. Uh, <laughs> not a great weekend. Not he, a great he weekend. Literally, I mean, he had <laughs> he looked like he was going to do okay after all the the uh, track limit penalties came out and then DNFs, and he still fucked it up. Yeah, um, it's rough. So uh, on to the sprint race. Uh, we we saw in the in the sprint shootout, we saw McLaren's just just. Doing what they've been doing the past few weeks, just showing some great pace. Um, let me see how the, exactly they qualified for the sprint. Uh, yeah, so Oscar, it was Oscar, Lando, Max in that order uh, to to start the sprint. Yeah. Also, we didn't even talk about Max Verstappen out in Q2. Oh, yeah. And Quali. Was he out in Q2? Yeah, because he qualified first for the race. So, Wait, what? Yeah, you're thinking the sprint. Oh, sprint shootout? Yeah. Okay, never mind. No, he qualified third for the sprint. So, I don't know. Maybe you're thinking the week before. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to cut this out. So qualifying, he qualified first. Uh, sprint shootout, he qualified third. Never mind. Yeah, so in the, in the actual sprint race, though... Uh, Max and Lando did not get a great jump. Oscar got a pretty good jump, uh, but he George Russell on his soft tires jumped past both of them, uh, and so we got to see a little battle between yeah. uh, George and Oscar for a few laps. Uh, I think it was lap 
what was it lap five or something like that uh maybe five uh george passes oscar and uh over the radio just congratulates himself yeah. on he on said i have it i have it said right here oh look at that move <laughs> said like great move what a move or something like what a big move what a big move big move big move yeah, yeah. and then uh i loved it not him saying that because but i loved the broadcast media harped on him they they were like uh wow there's nothing like praising yourself yeah it's probably dc yeah, yeah. um but yeah. It, it's just funny to hear them shitting on george because it's almost like they see what we see yeah so i don't know it was nice yeah, but, uh, you know, George on the soft tires obviously had a great start, but um, as all the rest of the soft tire runners in the sprint race saw, they didn't last quite the full uh, stint length. So Oscar was able to repass uh, just a few more laps later. Yeah. Um, Oscar uh, ends he up got on at home for the sprint win. Um, big moment for him. Uh, Huge. He passed him on lap 11. Okay, cool. Passed, yeah. Passed him back. Um, and then, like we said, Max winning wins the championship um, because he gets third. He gets uh, the amount of points allocated for third. And then he just had to get six more than Checo. I think it was three. Or there only three. And then uh, because Sergio had a uh, late in the sprint uh, collision, as him, Nico, and Esteban went three wide into yeah. the turn. And it was kind of a tough one. Esteban was defending from Nico uh, and Sergio kind of just came up from behind and was trying yeah. to make the move on both of them. And they Checo, all, yeah, he kind of Checo kind of put himself on the outside and then uh, yeah, going around, Esteban yeah. tries to squeeze Nico. Nico has nowhere to go. So he ends up hitting Checo puts another hole in the side of Checo's car, which overall the entire season Checo's car, like the body of it has just taken a fucking beating. Yeah. It's like a cartoonish amount of just like holes punched through the center of that yeah, hole. We've been able to see uh, <laughs> yeah. every angle of that. <laughs> you see the inside of Checo's car every other yeah. weekend. So I'm sure, um, I'm sure all the other teams engineers have extensive notes now of what's going on. Yeah. But it was funny because uh, Checo goes out and it was like, well, that's, uh, that's it. That's the season. Max Verstappen is the official, uh, champion yeah so did you feel like you know with the way that it happened with Ch Checo dnfing and then did this just being a sprint race do you feel like max's championship was kind of diminished at all like do you feel like it's a weird way to end like celebrate the championship on a saturday it was yeah you it's know? a little weird um this has to be the first time a championship has been won outside of a sunday well Grand Prix, uh, right so so um, in MXGP, which is like the European motocross uh, championship. So this year they changed the rule on the Saturdays. They have a qualifying race, which they used to just be, it used to be just qualifying. And then now this year they started awarding, awarding points for it. So this year uh, on the last round, after the qualifying rest, Jorge Prado ended up becoming the champion. So he went into the race on Sunday. Because he got a few points. Because he, he won the qualifying race, and he, and so, after that, he had enough points in order to, to close it out. So in the Sunday race, he got to ride with the number one plane. So Oh, he changed his number? Yeah, like the next week, the oh, next wow. race, he was riding number one. So, uh, and, and, and a lot of people were with that, in that really? circumstance, they were like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, you know? It's like, we want to see the... It takes care of the celebration. Actually come down to the race, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the sprint part of it, it's... it's it's exciting. It, it's 
it's a race, but it's not the full stint, you know, yeah. with the full, there's no podium at the end. I mean, they did something this time with the, with Max because, but with yeah, the it was weird. Races, no <laughs> it was weird that Oscar won the sprint, but Max's car got put on the elevator. Yeah. You know, the big light up LED thing uh-huh. that they raise it. It was, it was just awkward, but I mean, that's, that's what happens when you put these things in place you you set yourself up for the availability of a championship being won on a Saturday, you know? Yeah. So it, it took away a little bit, but I think they did celebrate it correctly. Yeah. Well, at the same time, too, I was also thinking about it this way. Like, right, we kind of saw this coming. We knew Max was going to clinch the championship. And then for it to basically get all wrapped up and then we did all the celebration on Saturday, it was kind of like, Okay, that's out of the way. Now we can just focus on Sunday. We can focus on this race in isolation, and we don't have to think about the championship yeah. anymore. You know, so in that regard, <laughs> I thought it was it was kind of nice. But um, yeah, and you know, it, yeah, it could, it, it's always it always could be better. You know, yeah. But I'm um, talking a little bit more about Lando on the uh, in the sprint race because mm-hmm. we were talking about you know the McLaren's charge. Lando passed both Ferraris in one lap. He gained two seconds and two laps to pass George right after that. So, like, he was on an absolute charge. Yeah. When uh, George's soft started wearing out. And then, uh, talking about the uh, the announcers shitting on George, I had one last thing. He said, uh, I forget which one of them was, but they said that he knew, I think this was uh, Oscar's pass on George. He said he knew it was going to be a slam dunk on Russell. So they were like, yeah, he well, he already knew he was going to pass Russell. So it just it was funny to me just to hear them yeah. harping on George the way that we always do. Yeah. Um, so speaking to George um, in the race. We uh, got to say he did have a good fucking race. He did have a good race uh, considering uh, his first lap collision with, uh, with his own his teammate. teammate, Lewis Hamilton. So I watched that and I'm going, fuck, man, how can I? Because I saw it happen. Yeah. And I'm going, how can I spin this? <laughs> into what? Make, spin into what? To so make, there's a couple to blaming ways you could George. Look. I mean, here, here's the thing. We can't now because post-race, Lewis has admitted it was completely his fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, I mean, technically he said, I take full responsibility. I mean, I guess maybe he did, was just specific. But my, okay, so just a couple steps back. So, Lewis and George... They qualified where, oh, they ended up, they were like fourth and fifth, I think. And then Oscar and Lando both got track, or their times deleted for track limits. Mm-hmm. So that's how they ended up. Uh, that's how they ended up in three, the back, yeah. Two and three, right? Um, George did not have a another set of softs, but Lewis did. They started Lewis, who started in fourth. Right? No. Third. Lewis yeah. started in third. They had Lewis on the softs and then George in front of him on mediums. And apparently before the race, they talked about the strategy going into turn one. And they talked about Lewis taking the lead. So somewhere in between when they had that conversation and then when they actually got down to turn one at the race. Of course, George is going to do that. So that's some George Russell ass shit to be like, yeah, that'll be the that's the team strategy, but I'm gonna go for it. And on the and on the thing, he said, I you know I didn't see him. Uh, he came out of nowhere. Uh, someone actually it was a, a Lewis Hamilton uh, Twitter <laughs> Twitter stand actually posted a clip. You can see on like the the 360 cam from his car, you can see him looking over at Lewis. Uh-huh. 
like as he's side they're side by side so he kind of knew he was there how you can't say that he came out of nowhere when you're the one passing him well he got around lewis so you can't no, no, be no, like no 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 he started behind lewis yeah i know but or, going or no, into no, that no, turn, no lewis started behind him yeah but going into that turn george got around lewis because his back wheel locks up with Lewis's front wheel, right? So he has to be coming around him. Mm -mm. It was the other way around. What are you doing with this <laughs> bottle? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I keep knocking it over. Uh, no, Lewis, Lewis started behind him and then went around to the outside and tried to go in, over, cut in front of him. Lewis did not give him any space in order to like, but... Oh, I'm I'm mixing in my mind's eye in my picture. I swapped drivers. Yeah, no, there it was Lewis places. on the outside. Yeah, Lewis you're right. On the outside. Yeah, you're right. He's turning in, right? George maybe didn't see him, but they're both fighting for the essentially the same track space, right? Yeah. But in order to avoid that, you have to communicate before the race as to what the plan is, right? Which mm -hmm. is apparently what they did. So when Lewis says, "I take full responsibility," I think he's in the back of his mind maybe saying. I take full responsibility for believing that George would be a team player and that we can get through this safely. Ah, that's kind of how I read the situation. It's a little bit of a stretch, but here's uh, the thing but, too: if anybody on them is going to be humble about the situation and be the responsible, it's one, Lewis. He's going. He's. Gonna, I mean, George would never. He would never. Do the, you're talking about a George Russell who thinks he's better than Lewis Hamilton. He, he with does. with no merit, and I, I will say all credit where credit is due. George did have a great race he made one hell of a charge i mean he did he gets in a wreck so he gets his early pit stop in so that one is out of the way and then he can go 18 laps on those tires so he's yeah. able to push through the field but even when he he repitted again and everybody you know the cycle he falls back to so he got himself up to the front mm -hmm. after his first pit when everybody else pits yeah and then the second cycle he ends up like ninth tenth mm -hmm. he kind of fights his way through the pack again yeah, I mean like they had, good, had they had good pace for the weekend, you know. Yeah, they and, both looked really good, and they they could have fought for the win. I think they could have definitely got a double podium the way the McLarens did, but that turn one like miscommunication or just screw up whatever you want to call it was what screwed them. Right. Interesting. So, um, I think. It I mean, I think uh, Toto not being there plays a role. I Where think was Toto? Toto's been out couple weeks he had, he's getting like sur he got shoulder surgery or knee surgery something like that so he's been in a, like a hospital oh, i didn't or, know that just or been at home recovering so i think that plays into this i think uh something i saw uh somebody that posted was like the theory that you know when george came to mercedes the idea was is under the idea that Lewis was retiring, right, and that George would be the number one guy. Yeah. And I think and Lewis, Lewis is like, no, has decided <laughs> maybe he's not ready to retire yet, and he still has more in him. And then now George is kind of like, okay, well, uh, screw this, I'm going to try to be, you know. I think George came into the team with that attitude, being like, this is now my team. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now we're this is, you know, and they're on what year three? Three. Yeah. Um, Are they yeah. going to year three next year? This he is year three. Next year will be year four. So, going, so four years of that. I mean, like that's got to that's got to come to a head eventually, right? So, I, I say, think, Lewis, you stay. I, you know, I think what we're seeing, right? Like it's it's probably going to happen more and more, and unless Mercedes is able to manage it correctly, it's just going to 
it's going to be their demise. Yeah, I it it really might be because this is they've they've battled every single weekend. They've touched multiple times. This is the first time that one of them has DNF'd as a result of it. But think back to the past few races. I think they touched in Japan. They touched in Singapore. If they didn't touch, they got damn well close. Yeah, well, maybe didn't touch, but they they were battling enough with each other to hurt their race enough yeah. to oh, where yeah. it, it made a difference, right? So, yeah. Which, uh, like, I'm, I'm here for it, but if you're talking team strategy, that is not conducive to what's best for the team overall. And it's pretty obvious on which side that's laying. And it's George. Yeah. But still, credit where credit's due. He had a good fucking race. Yeah, well, you know. You know what I'm realizing? Since we only record once a week, it's so hard when we have a sprint re- weekend because it's so hard remembering what happened when. Because we have two different rounds of qualifying. We have two different races. Yeah. I'm like looking at my notes and realizing everything I jotted down was during the sprint. Yeah, nothing I, for the race. Yeah. yeah. Just being like, what the, when the fuck did this happen? Was that during qualifying? Was that during the shootout? Yeah. Was that during the race? Was that during the sprint? So you have like so many different outcomes and so much different shit. Yeah. Anyway. That's why it's fun. It's so much fun. It's fun. This is so fun. Um, so any thoughts or I want to, I want to go into a, a new segment that I want to in, start. Uh, okay. Uh, props and flops. So, uh, who gets your biggest props for the weekend? Ooh, I think biggest prop has to go to Oscar Piastri. Okay. It's hard not to give it to Max. He won the championship, but that's uh, kind of obvious. Biggest prop, Oscar Piastri, I think. Unless you can convince me otherwise. Well, my, my biggest props are going to go to, I think, Alfa Romeo, just as a team and as a whole. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about that before we started. They had a good weekend. They had a great weekend. They actually... I'm going to start pronouncing weekend the way that they pronounce weekend. <laughs> weekend. They had a great they, weekend. They took advantage of uh, all the rest of the teams around them struggling. Um, yeah. Brought home a double points for them. I think it's probably the first time it's happened this season. Uh, they jumped Haas in the Constructors Championship uh, because of it. And, um, yeah, it's good. This can be the same team going to next year with uh, a new title sponsor, a new uh just live you know all all together look so i'm it's hard for me i mean good on them it's hard for me to give make them the biggest prop when their outcome was the result of another team's flops or a bunch of other teams flops and kudos to them for holding it down like they had to run two clean races they had to make sure that they were within track limits and that might have been all the team was telling them was like look all this shit is going on around us (laughs) just fucking run clean yeah Stay inside the lines, don't touch. That's it. And that's a great strategy for a team in their position. But I, I think, for me, the biggest props would go to Oscar Piastri and or McLaren for making their own shit happen, for having bad qualifying and then rebounding from that and continuing on this run of form that they're having when they're up against you know a good running Mercedes, a great running Max Verstappen. Personally. I hear you. What's your biggest flop? Checo Perez. <sighs> Christ on a cross. I mean, it's at the point now where Christian said after the race that he needs to figure out what's going on. And basically using language that it's it's leading us to believe that 24 really is under question for him. If not in the beginning of the season, I think uh, 
early on or midseason, we could see a swapping. Like I, I don't, I've talked about it uh, jokingly a little bit of wanting a shakeup in the silly season. Despite my fucking admiration for Sergio Perez, one of my favorite drivers, you can't be doing this. You can't be running like this week after week after week, even when it's not your fault, when you get caught three wide, um, you know, the result of somebody flinching because they're getting squeezed. You got to not put yourself in that position. Even though it's not your fault, it's still a bad look. And yeah, I mean, you could argue how well, you know, he needs to be qualifying better and he's oh 100 percent you know he needs to not be getting in tangles with an alpine and a haas he shouldn't be there to begin with exactly so that that's the argument but also i mean track limits how many times in qualifying how many times in the shootout and he got penalized 10 seconds yeah in the yeah, race yeah track limits have been a big problem for him this year uh you know it's consistently having troubles and now they're or he, I was hearing things like, oh, well, maybe I'm sitting too low in the car and I'm having trouble seeing. And it's like, well, why are you just now? <laughs> why is that now becoming a thing? You know, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, it could be a thing of like not wanting to look weak and not wanting to complain, being like, oh, I can, I can see fine. Like I'm a professional. I'm having no physical problems. I know I can do this. Sort of like how you know uh, Logan was. Like I know I can do this. I know I can do this. Just give me a shot. Yeah. Not wanting to complain when maybe complaining and, and tweaking everything that needs to be tweaked so that you have the right setup for your car. Yeah, set up for yourself. Yeah. To put yourself in the best position to succeed instead of trying to posture and be like, I can do it regardless. I can do it outright. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but definitely biggest flop. Who's yours? So it's it, for me, it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, Mercedes definitely a big, big Big loss for them this weekend, but in the sake of, because uh, we already talked about them, I'm going to say Ferrari. Uh, kind of nowhere. Kind of nowhere. It, you know, didn't really expect them to have a whole lot this weekend just because of the characteristics of their car and the track. But, you know, for Carlos to not even start the race because of an issue, like that's, that's, that's really a shame. Um, Fucked my fantasy up. Fucked my fantasy up terribly. Like I didn't realize that he wasn't starting the race until minutes before the race started. Like as soon as it hit, same. I mean, well, it, it wasn't. I mean, they didn't realize there was an issue until they were on the grid. So yeah. Um, but I didn't start the live broadcast until you know I'm walking around, I'm doing dishes, I'm cleaning, doing whatever, and then you know counting down on the Rolex clock, and I was like, oh, it's formation lap. Here we go. And they're like, Carlos signs not, and I'm like, fuck. Try to go see what I can do, and I yeah. didn't even have my final fix. Yeah, so I'd already used it for like no goddamn reason. So Ferrari, big bummer there. Um, I, maybe I, that I do have some, uh, uh, you know, because of my fantasy team, I do feel a little extra pain there. Maybe for other people, weren't expecting a whole lot, but for me, uh, it's it's a big disappointment. Did you have them as one of your constructors? <sighs> yeah. So going in, I knew because our teams were pretty similar for the most part. Uh, for much of the season, I have to kind of play something different. And because of the Friday practice, you know, Ferrari looked pretty good. Like their pace was, was higher than that of the McLarens. And I thought, you know, maybe there's a chance, um, in practice they were in practice. They were the first, but they got one practice session before the the qualifying on Friday. So 
there's not a, you can't really base there's a whole lot, lot off of that information. So, which is but, weird. When did they cut it down to one practice session? Because it used to be two. No, well, the sprint when they do the sprint weekends. I know, but even in sprint weekends, don't didn't they? Mm-mm. It's just the one practice before the qualifying session. I thought it used to be two practices and then the qualifying session. Maybe, well, maybe in the first well, no, no, iteration no. last year. Yeah, when it's they when they it, added the shootout. Yeah, yeah, because the, the first iteration last year they did. Where Your was, sprint used to qualify you for the race. Correct. Your sprint results. Now correct. that they added the shootout, which that was this year, and that was middle of the year because they had a sprint, I believe, or maybe it was the first sprint of the year. I think it was the beginning. Where the they search. just snuck it in and they were like, guess what? Yeah. No practice, shootout. Yeah. yeah. And, I forgot about you that. Know, and, and that made it much harder for all the team. I mean, this year, this this aerodynamic uh, specification for all the cars, especially in this era, like you really have to get those practice sessions like on the head. You yeah. have to get your setup right the very first time, like from the beginning and in order to really make the small gains and be uh, competitive throughout the whole weekend. So if you start off with a with the crash or you just start off with like the complete wrong setup, you're going to be back on back foot and you're really going to hurt from it. So, yeah. Um, so your biggest flop is Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. See, I don't see them as like, they didn't have a great weekend and yeah, it sucks that Carlos DNS, but I think there's bigger flops. Like I think you could go Logan. I mean, Logan, sorry, it's already written off. I just, right. you know, I probably to me, Mercedes may be the bigger one, but because we already talked about it, it's kind of like, just because of their team issues, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they had they had the second fastest car this weekend. Um, they had uh, Sergio Perez uh, had terrible um, terrible race. Um, Lewis had opportunity to make up a bunch of points on him uh, mm-hmm. first in the fight for second. Um, they lost a bunch of points to McLaren in the constructors championship. You know, so yeah. All right, I feel you. Um. So uh, our predictions uh, recap. Um, you had predicted three teams on the podium. Hold on, before we get to predictions, I I want to circle back to uh, the McLarens. Okay. So in this race, uh, let's kind of we had the eighteen tire eighteen lap tire limit. So they predicted it was going to be a three stopper. Oscar Piastri is running in second. Lando Norris is running behind him with about, God, I, sh- I didn't mark it down with about like, let's say 10 laps left. The McLarens had already oh, yeah, run yeah. all three pit stops and they, ha- they had great pace. They were on their last set of hards for the race. Lando Norris was outpacing his teammate by, I think about a half a second a lap. Yeah. He asked for team orders to let him go around Oscar. He said, I'm clearly the faster of the two. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Max Verstappen still had one pit left because at the time that Oscar was making this call, I think Max was ahead of them by about 25 seconds-ish because I think the average pit stop was 20 seconds here. Yeah. So Max was about 25, maybe close to 30 seconds up on both of them, still needing a pit stop. Max Lando <laughs> is asking to go around Oscar. Yeah. The team said, "No, we're going to hold position. We're going to we're going to keep you behind Oscar and Lando's like, "Why? Why do we do that?" 
Andrea Stella came out. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. And he said Lando was right to question our team orders. Looking back on things, that was might have been the right call. Well, because it wasn't. They played it. I safe. don't know. I don't know if it was Max that had a stop left, but George was behind them, and he or he still. And he still had a set of softs left. So they were worried about George pitting for softs and being able to, being able to catch them. Right. Make gains. So, but I don't think he would have done, which I don't, I think he was too far off to be able to, to make that happen. I, so. I understand them wanting Lando, the more experienced driver to be there to defend it. Mm-hmm. But this is time and time again. And again, I'm a little biased. I'm a Lando guy. Mm-hmm. I love Oscar. I love what the duo is doing. I think they're the best duo in F1 right now. Um, Here's the thing. If you if you calculate it, so he's about a half a second up pace-wise on his team. Mm-hmm. And then two, about two laps later, Max Verstappen pits for his last set of tires, and he came out five seconds ahead of them. Had they let Lando go, he could have gained potentially in about two laps, he could have gained maybe two seconds. He's behind him with about a half a second better pace advantage. You let him go in clean air, Lando just takes off. His tires are up to temperature. They're still pretty fresh. They're hards. They're only on, you know, I don't know how much deg they had yet. Who knows how much time he could have gained there. And then Max comes out on a set of cold, hot, hard tires. Trying to defend against Lando. Who knows what sort of mistakes Max could have made under pressure. But Lando could have just really, they could have had a shootout to the line. Because they've both finished about five seconds behind Max. Had they not called team orders to keep Lando back, they could have put the pressure on Max, and we could have had potentially a completely different outcome or at least put Max under pressure, and it could have been like a one-second Max victory at the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Max has such good pace. I don't know. I know, and he, for- he, he doesn't make mistakes, so to say that he would have made a mistake on cold, hard tires is it's a tough if, but why not make that call? Because this is like the second or third time that they've they've had to say, no, Lando, you need to stay behind Oscar. Well, and this is Lando's own fault for not being the lead car to start the race because he messed up in quali, yada, yada. He's made these small mistakes. But in the race, he's outpaced Oscar week after week. Yeah. And and I, and I hear you, but, um, you know, they also have to think about the team side of it. You know, on this on this particular weekend, you know, they're they're battling. uh Ferraris and the Mercedes um, for the Constructors' Championship and to have them, the, both their drivers, 2-3, and for both those other teams to have a driver that's out, not even in the race. I get it. They're playing that's, it safe. That's, I mean, to me, that's huge points that you don't really want to risk mm-hmm. in either in them battling each other or Orlando pushing and making a mistake or Oscar pushing and making a mistake, you know? So if you're that point, you got less than 10 laps of the race left to go, you kind of like... Guys, just bring it home as safe as possible. I understand the the bring it home mentality of it, but I I do think that there's a small window of opportunity where they do win that race. I don't know. I think that's kind of a... It's kind of a long shot that I don't know if it's worth the risk, personally. But As a fan, I want to see them go for it. Yeah, but I mean, if you got... You know, each each spot in the constructors championship is tens of millions of dollars. I know. So, it, what's what's worth uh, is you know the team getting potentially another ten million dollars or, or or. I don't see where it negatively affects them though. They still have Oscar I mean, Piastri in third. 
they could have had Lando in second. Yeah, but it's not as many points as you would have having both drivers up there. You know what I'm saying? If like but they don't put them, that's I mean, them you know, losing out on third place is just as much of an if as potentially getting first. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about Max Verstappen. I know. But still, Lando didn't have to do any real defending from George in the final lap, so Oscar wouldn't have either. But giving Lando the opportunity to potentially go after that that top spot on the podium. I There was time to make a lunge. There was time mm. to make an attempt. I when you know. think about the strategy of it and just the tire strategy, Lando's got new hards that are, you know, two, three, some, I forget how many laps up to temperature. And Max would be coming out right in that window. Yeah, I don't know. I think they made the right call. If you're Lando, you're definitely bummed. And in the cool down room, you can see a little bit of that coming out. You know, it was very funny. I know we talked about it afterwards because just of like uh, Oscar and Max both being like just sitting on the ground, just completely exhausted and, and, and just like the little comments and they're watching the Mercedes collision and Oscar's like, haha, it couldn't have worked out better for us, blah, blah, blah. And then Lando's just kind of like, or, or yeah, he's like, yeah, I guess it couldn't have worked out better for you, for you, you yeah. know? Uh, and then, and then Lando, Lando just didn't even say anything. He just kind of sitting there and then he's like, Max, how far ahead of were you? That whole, he's like, he's like, how, what was the gap you had? And then Max is like, oh, you know, and, and he went from four to eight seconds to the whole race. And Lando's just like, oh yeah. You know, Lando was sitting there calculating. He's like, yeah, if they would have let me through, I might have been able to do it. That's what I'm saying. But at the same time, it's like, I understand why they didn't. Like, it's, 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 you're playing it super safe and doing that. But if you're McLaren. I'm just wondering, like, I mean, how much longer. Like, did, like, quit while you're ahead. You know what I'm saying? I I get it. I get the, the, the team wanting to play it safe. But if you're Lando Norris, how much longer can you sit back and just go, okay. All right. Yeah, we'll keep playing it safe. We'll keep playing it safe. I'm now the sole owner of the most points in F1 history without a, a victory. You know what? But earlier on in the season, like, he definitely got, uh, you know, got to make a couple moves on Oscar, you know, where, you know, he basically, he got the preferential treatment in, in many circumstances earlier on. So for this to one to play out in Oscar's favor, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But it, it does, just the circumstances you know, uh, uh, of the weekend, you know, it is kind of funny. Oh, I, I just now remembered I was going to send you this. Uh, apparently, was it yesterday or Monday maybe? Uh, I saw a clip of Lando playing, like, Call of Duty with, like, some of his friends or whatever, and they were talking about his, like, facial hair. Like I don't know if he had seen, like, his little facial hair he had been growing out. He's got, like, a little shitty goatee when yeah. he does grow it out. He said he was so frustrated after Saturday that he shaved it all off. <laughs> so that Man. just shows you where he was he's where looking is, for that little tiny aerodynamic edge or just anything just to get the bad vibes off of him you know so going into sunday you know bad land you can go well you knew you could see like he was already kind of frustrated and wanted to make it so for it to end the way it did i can can see understand why you yeah. be upset we're gonna have to bring back the sad lando sad and make, but make it bad lando yeah, you know, and good on him for, uh, you know, accepting responsibility earlier on for the mistakes and all that stuff. And, and He he did but, fuck that up. Yeah. He he was on pace for pole. I think it was in the sprint. Um, But that last turn, he went wide. 
Yeah. He had two purple sectors and was about to finish his third. And so, I mean, he took responsibility for that. And those are the things that are holding Lando back from contending for race wins right now, I think, are just small mistakes. And then that puts the team in a position to be like, well, we have to do it this way now, which sucks. Yeah. So I think he's, he notices his pace advantage. The last time he beat Oscar, he was 17 seconds ahead of him, I think. Yeah. So Just saying, Lando, stand here. That's all. Um, Want to go through our predictions? Yeah. So you had three teams on the podium. 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 Um, I think had that turn one disaster for Mercedes not happened, could have easily seen that. Yeah, I think the it would have been a more boring race had that not happened. I don't know. It would have been great to see the McLarens battle George and Lewis a little more. I yeah. mean, that would have been cool to see. I think they would have outpaced later them, in the, but potentially, yeah, it could have been. It, yeah. Um, I don't mean boring, but it made it more of a two-dog race, like McLaren versus Red Bull, mm-hmm. as opposed to... Um, a three? Just like, um, I think it would have been... I think it would have been a safer race. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, with George out, <laughs> I mean... Not true. Uh, so you also had Checo on the podium for the sprint. Hmm. It's a bummer. Um, Hilarious. And then Lando win the sprint. You were so close. Uh, just got the wrong McLaren driver. Yeah. Um, I had Lando on the podium. Um, Checo worse in the race than the sprint, which was did not happen, although it was a pretty bad race. At least he finished. So, um, And then I had Lewis on the podium. But thanks to George, that didn't happen. So just one for me. What's the tally at right now? Uh, 17 for me, 9 for you. I'm going to need to start. Just I'm, I'm going to need some lobs. Yeah, some I need lob, some yeah. softballs. It's going to have to be like, oh, man, bold prediction. Max Verstappen on the podium. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, uh, by the by all means, go for it. Uh, in good sport, I can't do that. If I get smoked, I get smoked. Yeah. So... Fantasy recap. I got absolutely demolished this weekend. Like I said earlier, uh, like full on. You were like, quoted as saying your fantasy season is done. It pretty much. I mean, I I dropped from second back to third. Uh, mm-hmm. My po- I think my podium. I think my jaw dropped when I saw that. I I told you it was going to be bad. It was the Ferrari constructor swap. I I, sw- I had McLaren swap for Ferrari. That was the biggest mistake I could possibly make. Um. So. Just I heard me see the points for Qatar weekend altogether. I had two hundred and sixty-seven. Uh, you had three hundred and ninety-two. So you got one hundred and thirty points, almost more than I did. Yeah. Uh, Susie will stand account uh, almost two hundred more points than I made. Yeah, she outpointed me by like fifty something. She might right? have played three X or something. I don't think she did. No, no, she's Just, still holding on to hers. I still have mine as well. One of those funny is like. The past two weeks or two races, I've been changing my team and just to just to kind of make up some extra points. But if I had just left the team, like which was basically the same as what she has, I would have I would have passed you. And <laughs> now, if I would have just not made you any changes, might have I, or it, it'd be like a it's the same exact thing that happened last year. Where it's like the more you tweak, the more it falls apart. Yeah, like that's where I fell last a, year. You have to pick a good team at the beginning and then just ride it out. Yeah. So, uh, the only thing I really fucked up in this week was my Carlos signs, which who knows where he would have uh, finished anyways. But Susie Wolf made uh, 
a good move by having Fernando Alonso in because with all the chaos that happened and Fernando staying out of it, him being a great driver in a good I car, mean, yeah. he just, I mean, he kind of cruised to a shit ton of points for her as like, for him, for her, him getting, you know, like th- that fourth place fantasy point spot. It's huge. Yeah. Um. So uh, race of the year, like how do you feel? God, I love this. I love this one. This is tough. I thought the last three races have been really hard to argue their where they stand. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. This is eighteenth round. But right it's now. also like I'm because I'm a McLaren fan and watching their rise and and everything going on with them. I think I'm a I'm seeing this through rose tinted goggles. Yeah, the context of it. Yeah. The racing here was good. The drama here was good. We also got so much more of it because it's a sprint. How do we factor that into the weekend? Do we try and make that an unbiased thing? Do we mid out the sprint race and just go for the Grand Prix? Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it as the weekend as a whole, I think. I think so, too. You know, and the sprint does, I guess, add to it. So the sprint weekends might end up getting, in the end, a little bit extra, you know. Azerbaijan didn't. But... But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this was a good one for me, and it's also recency bias because I'm looking at Japan and Singapore and going, oh, "Those were good." Yeah, I mean, I'd say the it's car was better for me right now. It's sitting in sixth place, probably above Austria. Um, wow, you still hold Monza that high? I mean, to me, that was just, just because of the Ferrari shit. The Ferrari thing that was just so cool of a thing. You know, it was nice. It was nice. I had a lot more fun. I think watching um, Qatar for me. I'll go. I'll go five. I'll put it. No, I can't. That's not right. Six? It, it. Come on. Come on. Sixth. Yeah, sixth. Okay. We're going to relitigate all this. We're, we're going to have. We're, we're saying we're, we're going to. We're not. <laughs> we, we, well, if we're we're going to be watching a lot of race in 30s. We're, we're starved for content. We'll, yeah. We'll get to it. Uh, we got some fun content coming next week. Some non-pod content. Cool. I mean, any any other final thoughts on this? We got an off week this weekend, and then we'll be this weekend back in the United States here at Coda, one of our favorite racetracks. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm sad I'm not going to be there unless I make a last minute decision and go. But hey, uh, see if Costco's got tickets on sale. They do. I'm not going. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for the U.S. It's good to be back here. We're like in the final stretch of the season. Yeah, five more. The only thing that's on my mind is McLaren. <laughs> as as far as what? Like? Just everything. Their their lineup. When when Lando's gonna do it? How Lando's gonna fare out? How long he's gonna stay? Their future. What do you mean, do you where mean they're gonna when, s- when he's gonna do it? When he's gonna win or a race? Okay, got it. Yeah. It's going to happen. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing Bruno's dumb bullshit. Just mute him. Just don't. Just block his number. <laughs> what is he saying? He's like he's always Lando's mid. Uh, who's? I mean, I he's the know. only person saying that. He wants Bruno just wants to have an F one opinion, and he took that, and it's a hill he's gonna die on because he's a stubborn little Italian midget. So he's well, he's got to have an opinion. You'll need to keep slandering him when he's not here. So. Yeah. Well, I say it to him all the time. Nothing makes you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. Then talking shit about Lando Norris. I mean, Everybody loves Lando, and he's a fucking, he's a potential future world champion. So it just, 
that's a, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Like I just keep thinking about where, what what's going to happen with them in the future. Or is this duo going to stick together? Because I've been pushing the Lando to Red Bull narrative for a long time, and now I'm like, maybe that's not the best move for Lando. I, I mean, I argued that it wasn't a couple weeks ago when we talked I know. about it. If McLaren can hold down this run of form, then they might just be the team of the future. They might be the new Red Bull because Red Bull's the new Mercedes. Yeah. You know, when you're just talking about these era transitions. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I'm with it. I'm down with it. It's going to be an exciting. If they keep up this shit, which we shouldn't be talking about with, you know, four, four or five rounds left. But if they keep this up going into next year, they could contend for the Constructors' Championship, I think. Yeah, I'm. That's to me. I'm. I'm really excited for next year because because your favorite driver Daniel Ricciardo is going to be back full time. Back full time. You get to hear hear. I mean, this other week. Uh, if well, that's one of th- some that's crazy. It's like if Logan stays on next year, it will be like all the same grid. Be like not no. Yeah, we'll have nobody new, huh? Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know. What about do you? That. I mean, God. Before we go, I think we got to touch on this. Like, because this weekend was such a bad look for Logan, I think, with the binning it and then having to DNF himself in Sunday's race. I don't know if you can give him too much. I think you can. For, for, I mean, I think you can because if you listen to the radio calls, when, when they're saying, or I think you can at least put your tinfoil hat on and start conspiracy. What's the word? Conspiracizing? Uh, get conspiratorial. Yeah, conspiratorial. Yeah. Get conspiratorial about it. If you listen to his engineer or, you know, if I don't know if he was talking directly to James Valls when he was pleading with them. If they really wanted him to do well, do you think that they would have rizzed him up a little bit and been like, you can get through this, Logan. Fight through it. Fight through it. Um, or if they're just like, Logan. Just don't cause us any more fucking money. Bring it in. You're not coming back next year. I think with those circumstances, it's too much of a risk to try to encourage them to stay out, you know, because if like maybe he passes out from heat exhaustion and he crashes into the wall and dies like, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's the thing is my bad. I didn't mean to go there. (laughs) I mean, there's also a rule like a rule within F1 like uh, that. Like with the way they design the cars and stuff, and then like the driver's actual physical physical condition, they have to be able to like get themselves out of the car in a crash. Yeah, yeah. The what you is know? it? The two second rule. The two second rule, and then like Alex, I, I was going to say end that of the race had to be physically helped out of the car, yeah. right? So Alex, who stayed out, you know, did you watch that? Uh, I watched his. Um, his halo cam. Yeah. I didn't see anybody help him. I saw him delay his exit. Yeah. He sat on the halo for a good maybe five seconds, there was but I didn't like, see anybody pull him out. There was like Alfa Romeo engineers, I think, came over and like helped him. Really? Yeah. So it was... It was know, a brutal one, dude. He was, and that's, and that's Lance why... Lance went straight in an ambulance. And that's why I think you can't really get too hard on Logan for that, you know? I maybe. think... I don't know. He gets kind of a pass on that one, even though given in context with everything else, it doesn't look good. But when you're also your teammate basically was in the exact same situation, he just maybe stuck it out a little bit longer. It's weird to think that Alex Albon is tougher than somebody else. I mean, <laughs> Alex is low key. 
Alex he's is the man. Great, you know, I love so, Alex. So, but he's my soft little boy. Um, is I it just because he has a cat named Horsey. Is didn't even know he had a cat. I just like him. I just think it's. I mean, we gotta. We really got to talk about the idea of Logan not coming back. Yeah, um, there's quite a few potential people we could see. So, uh, I, probably, I think there's like four drivers probably that could easily take his seat. You know, you got Lawson. You got. Uh, I don't think that's happening. I wanted it to, but I don't think it you got will. Lawson. You got Drogovic. You got Theo Porcher. Um, you could do. Uh, there's the Mick Schumacher rumors, which Mick I don't, Schumacher, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening, happening either because he's going to what WEC full time, yeah, or somewhere like that, you know. But it has to be somebody that's it's more it's for for somebody to go to Williams. It's more likely it's a one year deal if they go. That's the thing. All like, the guys Williams. That you just that's, I think off. that's part of why Logan is still in exactly because they don't want to sign a driver for just one year. They want to have somebody that's going to be with them long. Exactly. For I a think long so time. Too. So that's why they don't really want to put like a Liam Lawson in the seat or somebody like, or like Felipe or something that's just going to be there. They have Jamie Chadwick. Let's do it. Fuck it. Hey. Oh, God. We're going, we're going to have to run long because, uh, so we got the news uh, over the last week. They released the four teams who had the FIA bids. They mm-hmm. officially released the names of the four teams. So we talked about um, Andretti. The Andretti got the uh, approval from the FIA, yeah. but they officially said that it was Carlson Roden, or Rodin, however you say it, High Tech, and then Lynn's uh, son. Lucky season, I think. Right? I don't know. I've only seen the Twitter handle, and that's some weird um, privateer, uh, yeah, like Asian-funded, couple like uh, Asian-country-funded um, Team. Yeah. I, I, it I don't was know. a weird effort. Like they, it, it was with... a very like weird independent small group of investors. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but one of the things was uh, that I just remembered was I think it was High Tech said that if they got their bid approved, it's Carlin Roden. Was it them? Yeah. Oh, if Carlin got approved, then they were going to put Jamie Chadwick in a seat, and that mm-hmm. would have been historic. Mm-hmm. That would have been she would have been the first female F one driver of all time. Of all time. I I there's I feel like there was uh there's been one before. There's somebody who's been who's participated but never had a full-time seat. I don't know if she only did a practice, I don't know if she filled in uh as a replacement. I don't know the story of it, but I don't believe that gal had a full-time seat. It would have been uh one of the first. So and then also speaking I'm, of which, yeah. we have the uh F1 Academy racing their first race of the season at Coda this year, right? No, it's not their first race. Their uh, first coverage. Yeah, it'll be the first race that's that'll be broadcasted. There we go. That's so, what I meant. Uh, they've had, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how many races they've done. Um, I haven't kept up on that series at all. Yeah, but I haven't caught a single thing. But um, we will watch. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch. We're gonna take some notes. We're gonna we're uh, have some bullet points. Yeah, we're gonna see. That's who we should be looking out for. Seriously, I mean, we need to give. Uh, you know, we need to give these ladies some support. Sure. Uh, I think uh, I think it could be some really cool, interesting racing. Um, the car, the cars look cool. They look like uh, the F two cars. Is Jamie the- Chadwick in that series? No. Uh, she's she's racing somewhere else. Because I remember when they first started that, I was surprised that Jamie wasn't there. But she kind of graduated from that whole side of things, right? Yeah, because she was in the. Um, 
She was in the W series. Yeah. Won that. And then Yeah, in uh and then twenty nineteen, uh twenty one, twenty one, twenty twenty two. She's now she's a test and reserve driver for Williams. Yeah. Man, could you imagine if Logan like had such a bad shunt on a weekend that they put Jamie Chadwick in the car? Hey, I mean I'm not saying that like as a slight on her, but like just how gnarly that would be. I mean, they should. I mean, you know, if you're looking for uh, to put a driver in your car, it's going to bring some attention. And uh, Dude, how gnarly would it be if they replaced Logan with Jamie Chadwick at Coda? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe next season. That'd be cool. Let's do it. Yeah. You think? uh, I'd I'd vote for it. All right. I'm not exactly going to vote on that. (laughs) I'm just, I'm trying to bring up the question of what, Logan's status is just because I mean fucking I, we need to question it I think week after week because it gets worse and worse I mean honestly if anyone was going to replace him it would most likely be somebody like Jamie Chadwick she's a part of the Williams program yeah. or at least it should be someone like Jamie it should Chadwick. be 100% because like you said the only thing keeping Logan in the conversation is nobody wants to go there on a one-year deal the, like, or they don't want to sign somebody on a one-year deal Right, what, whichever side you're yeah. looking at it from. I mean, if you're Liam Lawson, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, I'll go drive the Williams car for a year uh, if it means that, you know, I get a little bit more experience so that in 2025 when I do go into a seat, I have... I can Maybe, just, but know. also if you're Liam Lawson, do you want to spend your year driving the Williams car or do you want to get prepped for your AlphaTauri slash potential Red Bull car and just be I mean, I think track, driving their I, sim over and over again? Because I think track time is way more... Uh, important than just being in the paddock or being I, I think you could argue it if you're part of the development of the 2024 car for Red Bull mm, I don't know I don't try I, uh, the importance of track time 100% or sorry not the 2024 development but I guess it would be the 2025 development yeah. track time 100% important but I don't know I think there's an argument to be made that it might be better for Liam with his ceiling to spend the year just with the Red Bull organization I, I was know. pushing for Liam to go into the Williams, and now I'm I'm coming to reason. We've swapped places. Yeah. You were the voice of reason for him sitting out a season, and now you're pushing for this. I don't know. I, I don't mean, see Felipe well, Drogovic I mean, going there either. Because I, I, I just I think uh, if you're Liam and you're looking at two options, you're like, yeah, I'll take the seat. I'll take the I'll take the experience behind the wheel on track over sitting in the simulator in the yeah. crash. For I don't even think that's going to be a question for yeah. him though because. Helmet Marco and Christian Horner are going to say, no, you're not. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they they, they probably don't want that to happen. They probably, you know. Yeah. As well as, well as Williams doesn't want that to happen. And that's exactly why. Because they don't want to, they don't want someone to come in, uh, spend a bunch of time. Uh, and, and then lose them. And then, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's an exciting time. It is. I mean, considering the championships wrapped up early, uh, we got five, yeah, five more races like a, to go. It's yeah. like it's like okay, what else do we have look to look forward to? Uh, you can look at the championship getting wrapped up early as a little bit of a bummer, but like once it now that it's gone, we have all this good shit to look forward to. Yeah, we don't have to think about that anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not a question. Yeah, there's a lot of fun shit on the horizon. One of them being Lando Norris's first win, and I think it's going to happen soon. I hope uh, this weekend, Coda. Next weekend. Next weekend at Coda, and, and I think there's a shot. 
Who knows? All right, guys, this has been the Into the Chicane post-Guitar Grand Prix edition. We will see you guys later on this week for our pre-Coda and then uh, some other content. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Peace.